morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'm your host here on Wednesday mornings from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. How about that Monday? Just two days ago? What do we have, that 70-degree weather? Like, smelted in the air. Like, a difference of just everyone's... Everyone's, I don't know, everyone's thoughts, everyone's happiness, everyone's like, ah, warm day. Now, of course, you know, today's going to be in the 50s, yesterday in the 50s, a little wet outside. But the rest of the week, some 60, a little more 50 tomorrow. All right. What's important is that it seems like we're done with the 30s. Hopefully soon done with the 40s. Done with the 30s, hopefully soon done with the 40s. We'll be talking 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe for a solid month or so, and then whatever. If it's hot, it's hot. But we have been blessed here in New York with an absolutely wonderful winter. And this is coming from a southerner who hates winters. It's honestly been a wonderful winter. But that's not what I wanted to talk about today. <clears throat> I wanted to update you on Trader Joe's, right? That wonderful, fine establishment. Located in uh, many of your, and I would assume anyone listening to this show probably has a Trader Joe's. Actually, I guess that's not true because we have plenty of listeners in the land of Israel and overseas. Anyone in America, I assume you have a Trader Joe's nearby. And uh, this past Monday, I went to Trader Joe's. Naturally, a day that ends with Y. Of course, I'd be in Trader Joe's. And uh, I hop on over and I go to the freezer section where the shakshuka starter usually is. And I see there's no shakshuka starter. You know, I, I start a little inner panic. Okay, maybe they moved it. I checked the other freezer section. Nowhere to be found. I asked one of the fine Trader Joe's employees, "What's you know, what, you know, where I could find the shakshuka starter?" He says, "Yeah, sure, come with me." He takes me to the exact same place where I started. I said, "Yeah, I checked there. It's not more." He asked another employee. The employee said, "Yeah, they 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 they're sold out." I said, <laughs> "I said, wow." She said, "Yeah, they're sold out. Popular. Uh, there's none even in our warehouse. It's going to be a few weeks before we even get them back." I go, "Wow, the power of the Nachum Siegel Network audience." I go on and talk about Trader Joe's, and you guys sell out the place. I, I, you know, I am lucky. I didn't tell you about all the items I buy there because the shakshuka's gone. All the swell ice cream, which I mentioned, they only have vanilla left. Guys, you gotta save me some. I know I'm trying to share the secret with y'all, but at least the least you could do is is save me some. The one that brought you, that enticed you. That made you even consider hopping over to a Trader Joe's. You know what else I did? Something I never thought I'd do at Trader Joe's. For some strange reason, my legs put me in the same vicinity of their cereal aisle. And this is something I said I would never do. I wouldn't touch their cereals. And I'm I, I, okay. So I glance over at the cereals for a second. And I see some sort of cinnamon toast. And I really, I have the box over here. Some sort of cinnamon toast crunch styled Cereal. Now, I said I never touched Trader Joe's cereal, A, because it's not particularly cheap. B, I, I can't imagine it's particularly good because they try to do something a little healthier, a little hip. And cereals, you know I love my cereals. You know I love ice cream. You know I love sushi. You know I love cereal, right? Probably in that order. And I don't like messing with my cereals. I, you know, I want Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I'm going to get the real stuff. I want Cocoa Pebbles. I want the real stuff. But it was like a three dollars, which is, is is solid for for cereal. I am someone that only buys cereal on sale, so I'm looking at two fifty to three bucks usually. 
Three bucks, fine. You know, I was like, fine, I'll try it. I, I am in a. It's right before Pesach. I didn't want to go to the other store and uh, you know buy the things. I was like, I'm already here. I will buy some of the cereal. And lo and behold, I try it. Right, um, the box is over there. It's cinnamon toast crunch. Not cinnamon toast crunch. Whatever they call the cinnamon squares, I believe. And I try it, and I open up the box. I smell it. Okay, not bad. You know, you want that whiff of cinnamon? Mm, fine. Pour it in the in the bowl. Pour some milk. Take my first bite. Right, the first bite. It's lacking. Okay, let me take a few bites. Let me try to. And honestly, the whole time through, it's just like uh, it's extremely light. The cinnamon and and I think they're sort of like rice flavored in a way. Um, you know, if Cinnamon Toast Crunch is, is a 95 on the cereal scale, right, of 1 to 100, this is probably a 60. Is it bearable? Will I eat it? Yeah, I will eat it mainly because just I, I you know, I finish things that I open. <laughs> I'm too cheap to uh, well, just throw them away. I'll finish it. The truth be told, the, the, the you know, one of the best parts about having Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the way end. You know, the way I grade cereals is obviously the taste of the cereal, but also the taste of the milk after the cereal. And Cinnamon Toast Crunch milk is, is delicious. And this actually was not that bad. There was enough cinnamon in there. It was pretty solid. Um, but, yeah, this is a, a healthier, I guess, cinnamon squares. You know, it says like a dust of uh, cinnamon. I was like, yeah, like, like an extremely very little amount. You know, like when you clean for Pesach and you're dusting your bookcases, like 10 seconds later, that amount of dust dust left. Nothing. Like literally a, a, a little, nothing. Very little cinnamon. Disappointing from a taste perspective, but pretty much the expectation. So, all right. We'll not buy another cereal from Trader Joe's ever again. But trust me, Trader Joe's, I'll be there. Got some, uh, what, I got some clementines the other day. Some, uh, I tried their meatless patties actually the other day. Mm. Butternut squash soup though I had, delish. The shakshuka. Now thank the Lord I bought seven the other day so that I have plenty of them. But, um, which should hopefully last me through Pesach. You know, I just sell the, the, the hummus in my apartment so I'm fine. And a few days after Pesach, by then hopefully they'll get it back. But I've had friends of mine, you know, and I, and I hold, you know, Snapchat, some people still do that, Instagram, whatever it is. I did some things with the shakshuka. I let it be known to my followers, to my friends, the shakshuka is excellent. And I had several of them try it out. Obviously, we tried it here on the Thursday Live Lunch. If you missed the th- Thursday Live Lunch, by the way, which was pretty much uh, geared towards me and, and you know, Miriam and Nahum sort of, the topic of the Live Lunch ended up being completely Trader Joe's for about two hours, maybe an hour 45, but uh, the plan was only for about 20, 30 minutes. So if you want to check out the Thursday Live Lunch, which was Trader Joe's theme, go ahead and do so. But where we tried the, the shakshuka there, that's where I was going at. Um, I had a few friends of mine try the shakshuka, and they all loved it. One said, it's excellent. I'm going to buy a ton of these. Another said, another one actually in Boston. He says, it's good, but it's expensive. I go, how, how expensive is it? He goes, two ninety nine. I was like, oh, interesting, because it's one ninety nine by... By me and and part of the uh, the brilliance of it to me is that it's a dollar ninety nine, and that's part of the uh, the bang for the buck is huge there. At two ninety nine, I'm not convinced it's the best buy. I think it's a solid buy, but not best. And anything more than two ninety nine, I'm not sure it's worth it. But at one ninety nine, I, I think it's brilliant and excellent. So, you know, a lot of friends of mine tried it. They loved it. Here we tried it. I think it, it was a it was a successful taste test. I think again, check out the live launch for that. But, um. Glad to see people are uh, taking my request seriously. Not my request necessarily, my advice seriously. 
and going out and getting it. But again, if 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 you see only a few shakshukas left on the Lower East Side, make sure let me know, please. I gotta save them up, otherwise I'm gonna have to make a trip by the Lower East Side, 14th Street, wherever it is. I gotta all find the Trader Joe's and, and buy up some more. But all right, that's that for the intro on this week's show. We have uh, what is it? Two weeks till Pesach. Wow. Uh, here's the honest truth, right? Today for me it's Tuesday because uh, I have to pre-record this show because Wednesday at this time tomorrow morning I will be in Queens for the bris of. Uh, remember Jamie Turkel used to work here, so she had a baby boy. Some Mazalto to her and her family, so I'm at the bris, and that's why uh, this is actually pre-recorded. But on today's show, we're gonna have some Pesach music, some Jewish music, some normal music, whatever it is, but also some Pesach music. It is Nissan, so we could do that. Uh, and then on this week's episode, we will have Tova in Israel. Tova Heller joins the program, and she speaks with Judy Singer of Matnah Chaim the, about the altruistic kidney donation in Israel. Again, that'll take place at about 10 a.m. or so. But for now, regular music, Pesach music, and we start things off with one song and one song only. Mahapecha, Shel Simchan, this Wednesday on Bite Size, right here at the Nachum Segal Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים hey, שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים
Now the satyrs where I go Me and my fam at the table Eating matzah like the Hebrews long ago So come over, we start Passover Seder by blessing the wine And we wash in our hands And we grab parsley, dip it in the salt water And break the middle matzah in half And now we're singing like Girl, you know I want matzah Matzah was handmade by my father before me Thanking God that we were freed Let out a slavery in Mitzrayim Say, boys, now we'll drink four cups Spill for the place and go walk with the Magid Thanking God that we were freed Thanking God that we were freed mm-hmm. Feeling love from my Seder crew Gonna rock out the Dayenu Chagad Yala and Nadiru Next year in Yerushalayim Tonight family fills the room And the kitchen smells like soup For eight days we're saying thank you to God Who took us out of Mitzrayim He took us out of Mitzrayim For eight days we're saying thank you to God Who Took us out of Mitzrayim Washings again before the meal can begin And eat the matzah after fathers ate They had the leaves with flea No time to add yeast Now we've got unleavened bread on the plate Take a bite of the Mara so we remember the horrors of our lives as Egyptians played And for roasted to that, we put it on matzah and then eat Hillel sandwich, then Shulchan Hooray And we're singing like, girl, you know I want matzah Matzah was handmade by my puppy for me Thanking God that we were freed, let out of slavery Mitzrayim said, boys, now we'll drink four cups Spill for the place and go on with the Magid Thanking God that we were freed Love from a Seder crew. Come on to the Seder, come on. 
bottom of hour number one here. I'm just going to quickly break in for a second. You're used to hearing Joanna Shepson at this time. And Joanna, um, of course, you know, Pesach is one of the busiest times for her, for her, uh, for her company, for, I mean, for anyone in general, for, right? For any Jewish person, Pesach in general is such a busy, busy time. But as you know, she runs funinjerusalem.com. And one of the exciting things that she does for Fun in Jerusalem is she comes out with the Pesach guide. And you can check it out at funinjerusalem.com slash Pesach. That's the link, funinjerusalem.com slash Pesach. You'll want to check her out on Facebook and Instagram. I'm telling you, there are so many cool things going on during the time. It is it is family-friendly. The Pesach guide is one of the coolest uh, you know, magazines, subscriptions, whatever you want to call it. So many cool, different, exciting events. And you'll know about all the... Uh, all the concerts going on. You've got things like laser tag, some fest- wine festivals, just so many different things that you probably wouldn't expect. So check it out, funinjerusalem.com slash Pesach, or just funinjerusalem.com. You could email her at fun- joanna at funinjerusalem.com. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Maybe you're not going to Israel, but your friend is. Just shoot it to them their way. Worst case, they know about it. Best case, they don't, and they have a wonderful time through one of these things. Funinjerusalem.com, again, Fun in Jerusalem slash Pesach. Back to music and the uh, 10 a.m. interview with Tova in Israel with Judy Singer will uh, take place in just about a half hour. But again, more music right here, right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network.
sweat, tears, and sand. At the end of the day, God shores our nation to embark on a journey of mass immigration. With great wonders, we were safe from our affliction. We'll see the total legacy for generations. Land of Israel ahead, we were on our way. Extra Jerusalem, we say until this day. To family and friends, we open up our doors. Mots of Gefilte, man of Shevin's galore. That wherever we settle, be a nation of light. That although we suffer, we know God will make right. Song, food, and stories, you just can't desist. The power of a tradition no more mortal can resist. Four cups later, they left the new evil. Feel the magic and the wonder of the Seder.
Everyone's waiting, wishing, praying for Mashiach. It will only happen when we all get along. Everyone waiting for, wishing, praying for Mashiach. Let's love one another and break out in song. So we celebrate with unrisen dough And yes, we'll make a fuss Got a relative sitting next to us Little brother asking for questions And I'm about to dip some vegetable oh, oh. Going back for cups of wine And after dinner time The afikoman I must find So let's go oh, oh. Let's go Tonight the satyrs ours, 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 ours. Made dessert is par, 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 par. If it's comets, we will starve, 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 stop, stop, starve. Because it's P-A-S-S-O-V-E-R. Horseradish burns my tongue, 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 tongue. There's matzo in my tongue, 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 tongue. The table's full of crumbs, 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 crumbs. Because 
Cause it's B-A-S-S-O-V-E-R Raise that kid's cup, 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 cup Raise that kid's cup, 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 cup Raise that kid's cup, 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 cup Raise that kid's cup, 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 cup so put your hands up as we tell the story how we got our freedom. But take me smile, me me trying. My tummy's filling up, but my heart is filling with pride, 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 pride. pride, pride.
Weber's Yachad here as we start hour number two on Bite Size, and it's time for Tova and Israel's interview with Judy Singer of Matnat Chaim, the altruistic kidney donation in Israel, right here, right now on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I am so excited to introduce you, introduce you all to my next guest, Judy Singer of Matnat Chaim. This is going to be a very inspirational uh, interview because Manat Chaim is an organization for altruistic kidney donors. Um, I found out about it because of a personal uh, connection that I have now. I will get back into that shortly, but let's introduce uh, Judy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tova. Nice to be here. So, Judy, first of all, you traveled very far to get to Jerusalem. <laughs> you don't live in Jerusalem. I live up north on a kibbutz called Merav on the, on the Gilboa Mountains. Wow. And uh, Judy's especially, she's in, is, she's in Jerusalem right now because actually someone from the organization is getting married tonight. So That's Mazel right. Tov. See how the, the whole organization is like a family. Um, before you got up to the north, where did you come from? Uh, well, I, uh, I was born in the States. I, live, I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, Kansas City. Yeah. That's a long way from... New York. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When yeah. you grew up in New York, New Jersey, you don't you think you don't know there's anything out there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, I grew up in uh, in Kansas City, and I made Aliyah after college uh, back in the day, as we say, it was in in the eighties. And um, um, you knew that lived... you always wanted to move to Israel. Um, no, I think when I was in college, I started wanting to live in Israel, and uh, I spent my junior year here when I was on uh, in university. Uh-huh. 
And that's when I decided that this is this is the place to be. Wow. I want to jump into um, a huge mitzvah that you did about five years ago um, that actually opened up the doors, I guess, for you to be involved with Matnat Chaim. What mitzvah did you, uh, did you participate in? Well, um, five and a half years ago, I donated my kidney to a woman that I didn't know named Rina. Uh, she's from Haifa. She's about my age. And uh, um, I didn't know her before. And now she's uh, like a member of the family. And uh, before I donated my kidney, I was very healthy. And Rina was very ill. And today we're both very healthy. Wow. Yeah, and uh, wow. that's an amazing thing to be able to to help someone to, to, give, to, to give become healthy. Yeah, you gave you you gave her life. Yeah, I really did. I really wow. I helped anyway. Wow. Um, well, how did you hear about Manat Chaim? Uh, you don't. I'm assuming that you donated it through the organization. I absolutely did. I donated through Matnat Chaim. Last week, Matnat Chaim uh, marked its 650th. Wow. Uh, volunteer kidney donation since. Uh, 2009. So That's we celebrated uh, a couple months ago our 10th anniversary. I was there. You were there. I was no, there. It was so much fun. You <laughs> even was... you even helped us film it I and did. Uh, we Facebook lived it. Yeah. Um, and um, that was the wonderful. way the way it happened was uh, for me is that one day I was surfing the internet. I knew nothing about kidney donations. I never known anyone who donated their kidney. Anyway, I'm surfing the internet one day, and I saw this article that was written by a woman um, from New York who I had sort of vaguely known. Her name is uh, Devorah Steinmetz. She's a teacher of Talmud uh, in New York. And she wrote about how she had been in Israel on a sabbatical, and she had decided to donate her kidney to a stranger through a sequence of events that she wrote about. And she talked about what it meant to her in terms of, like, uh, paying it forward. She said a lot of people had helped her and her family in many ways, and she didn't feel that she could pay them back in the same way that they had helped her, so she decided to pay it forward wow. and help someone else. And that really spoke to me. Um, so I started reading about kidney donation. I found out that it's considered a very safe procedure uh, with a very low risk of complications and a very high chance of saving someone's life. And I also found out that there is an organization in Israel called Matnat Chaim, uh, which what they do is help volunteer kidney donors match them up with people who need kidney transplants. That's incredible. Okay, so you donated your kidney uh, altruistically. That's a huge... Really, I'm... Just I want to tell you, when I was by the 10-year uh, anniversary and listening to the stories, I was literally sitting there in tears. You know, there was one girl that got up, one woman was uh, only three weeks after her procedure receiving a kidney, and her daughter wrote a letter thanking Ruth Haber, who we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, and I was sitting there literally crying. Yeah, there were, <laughs> just, you were in good company. <laughs> I think everybody was crying. Yeah. Um, okay, so you did, donated your kidney five years ago. The organization started 10 years ago. Right. How did the organization come to be? What uh, Rev Haber uh, is right. the founder. Well, when I, uh, made con when I made contact with Matnat Chaim uh, to find out about kidney donation, uh, I got in touch with uh, the head of the organization. At that time, he did everything personally because there was no organization. It was just him. Yeah. Um, rabbi Heber is a uh, Haredi rabbi from the Harnof 
neighborhood of Jerusalem. And uh, about 12 years ago, he was uh, going up the steps to his job as the principal of a school in the neighborhood. And all of a sudden he felt very ill and he um, got in a cab, went to the doctor. The doctor sent him to the emergency room and the, in the emergency room at Shari Tzedek, they sent him to dialysis. His kidneys just stopped working overnight. Wow. Um, and uh, no one in his family was a match for him. And the waiting list for a deceased donor kidney in Israel is five to seven years. And um, at that time, there was no such thing as altruistic kidney donation in Israel. It did not exist. Uh -huh. The only donations were among close family members. So, you know, and he, he said it was like, he was 40 years old, and he said it was like a death sentence. No indication before. They had no idea. And he, there was just no hope. Wow. Um, and uh, so the, the happy end to his story is that a, a friend of his, amazingly, uh, offered to donate a kidney to him, and he was a match, and they went through with it, and the, and the, uh, the, and the surgery was, was successful. Wow. So he got off dialysis, and he was healthy. But how did the organization start, really? Um, when Rav Heber was on dialysis, he sat next to uh, a young man named Pinchas Turgeman. Pinchas Turgeman was uh, born with kidney problems. But when he was a very young child, he received a kidney from his mom. And he was pretty healthy for many years. Everything was going well. And um, until one day when his older brother... Yair was killed in the army during his army service. He was killed by terrorists. And um, the family sat Shiva, of course. And during the time of the Shiva, Pinchas, who was about 16 years old at the time, forgot to take his medication. Wow. Which is what every kidney recipient has to do in order to not have his body not reject the kidney. He has to take uh, medication every day for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's pretty healthy. So during the week of Shiva, he forgot to take his medicine. And his parents, who were obviously distraught and grieving for their older son, forgot to remind him to take his medicine. And at the end of the Shiva week, Pinchas uh, rejected his mom's kidney. Wow. And he had to go back on dialysis, which is obviously an incredible tragedy. When Rav Heber was on dialysis, he and Pinchas had sat together for hours every week during their dialysis sessions and became very close, they they opened what they called the dialysis yeshiva. <laughs> so, and Rav Heber said, well, you know, I was a teacher and I didn't have any students and he was a student who couldn't go to school. Wow. So we opened our little uh, dialysis yeshiva and we learned in Chevruta and um, we tried to sort of lighten the atmosphere in this terribly depressing place. Mm -hmm. um, when Rav Heber's friend came and donated a kidney to him and he got off dialysis, Pinchas said to him, hey, Maybe you have another friend for me. <laughs> so when Rav Hebert got well, he, he said, you know what? Maybe I could find someone to donate a kidney to Pinchas. So he started walking around his neighborhood and asking people if they were interested in donating a kidney to a kid they didn't know. And they all said, you're insane, you're obviously. <laughs> which, you know, it's just like the most yeah, it was unlikely un it was unheard thing. Of. It was unheard of at that time. Um, but after weeks and weeks and weeks of asking around, he found two people who were willing to get tested for Pinchas, and uh, one of them was a match. That's incredible. Yeah. and well, so they, was Pinchas at Pinchas was 19. So young. So they started making all the arrangements, and it took a really long time because 
no one in the medical establishment really believed that it, this person was doing this out of his own free will. They thought there must be payment. some kind of payment yeah, or right. something going on. So it, it was a, quite a struggle to get it arranged, but in the end they did arrange it and um, the surgery was scheduled. And then two weeks before the surgery, in the middle of the night, Rabbi Heber's phone rings and it's Pinchas's father and he said that Pinchas died. His body just could not keep going on dialysis. And this was two weeks before the surgery oh that would gosh. have almost certainly saved his life. So Rav Heber tells that he went to the funeral and he came back to his house and he sat in a chair and he said, you know, I just, I, I sat in the chair. I didn't get up. I didn't eat or sleep oh. or drink. I just got, sat in my chair and I thought to myself, how can this be? How can it be that there's this terrible disease and yet we have so many, we have millions of people walking around this country with two kidneys who could easily save the the few hundred people who need kidney transplants. Wow. And we, we're not doing it. And he decided right then and there that he was going to found an organization. His wife said, what are you, crazy? You know, and, and he said, I'm doing it. And he did it. And the first year, he found four people who were willing to donate kidneys. And the second year, he found seven people. Wow. And the third year, there were 11 people. But after that, it really took off. And last year, in 2018, there were 133 Israelis That's who donated incredible. kidneys. And altogether, 650. Wow. And it's and the secret of kidney donation that every kidney donor knows is that the change to the, the quality of life of the donor... Mm -hmm. is at least as much as as the as the change in the in the quality of life of the recipient it is incredible upgrade for people who donate it's just it changes their life entirely it's wow. an unbelievable experience well i have to tell you when i was sitting you know okay so let's just get to the personal why was i at this 10 year anniversary because uh i married bitsella heller who um <laughs> Baruch Hashem, three months ago. Hi, uh, Bitsala. <laughs> and when we started dating, and I was looking into who he was, and I said, oh, he donated a kidney. To me, also, that was something unheard of. Like, I really did not know anybody personally that had donated their kidney. And I said, wow, this is somebody that is just a good person. And it just spoke volumes of who he was as a person. And um, I met the recipient, Yehuda Sinai, and his wife, Batya, who then I also found out that after Yehuda received um, the kidney from Bitzalel, Batya also wanted to pay it forward, and she also donated her kidney to somebody else. And it was just like this, this cycle, the circle of, of giving, of saving people's lives. Um, anyway, what, when, so getting back to uh, the 10-year anniversary, I... I felt like I'm, a, I'm in a room of, of angels, of malachim, of people that are, are saving people's lives, and like, I didn't donate my kidney. <laughs> and I have two kidneys in here still. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get you. <laughs> I want to tell you something. You know, people, people love to say, oh, well, you know, they're all tzaddikim and they're angels. And, and you know what? We're really not. We're just good people. people. We're just ordinary people with good things and bad things about all of us who all grab the opportunity to do this one extraordinary mitzvah. Personally, I, I really have a problem. I don't like it when people talk about kidney donors 
as angels or or <laughs> righteous people, and I'll tell you why. Not why? just because it's embarrassing, which of course it is, but because I think that for a lot of people, many, many healthy, almost anyone who's healthy, completely healthy, can donate a kidney. But if people look at it as something that only angels do, uh, then they don't... Then it makes them think, well, you know, there's people like me, and then there's people like them. Uh-huh. It's not really that way at all. But I feel like the minute a regular person, if you want to call them, does donate, they elevate themselves to a level of, of righteousness. Yeah, but, you know, it doesn't mean they're not still just a bad an ordinary... <laughs> or a bad <laughs> person at anything else. We're just, you know, we're just... Ordinary They're, people who just had the opportunity to do this one, but they didn't just have an opportunity. Thing. They actually took the opportunity. Okay. But still, I'm, I'm giving you a compliment. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I would rather that people understand that it's something that it, Any, anybody, that could anybody do. Could, almost not everyone can donate a kidney. Almost half of the people who want to donate kidneys are rejected for health reasons, uh -huh. which doesn't mean, by the way, that they're sick in any way. It just means that you have to be a thousand percent healthy to donate a kidney. The doctors don't want to take any chances right. with a kidney donor uh -huh. who is a healthy person. They don't like cutting into healthy people for no reason. Right. You know, not for no reason, but it's hard for doctors to operate on a healthy individual. They don't like doing it. Uh -huh. and it, it takes some getting used to on their part. Right. So they want to make sure that the, that the donor is uh, a thousand percent healthy. And if there's any, the slightest thing, a little bit of blood pressure, a little bit of blood sugar, um, they just, they say no, they say no. Wow. Okay. So Judy, can you tell me from, uh, witnessing people that I guess, uh, are ill and are on dialysis and waiting for that beloved kidney? <laughs> um, can you tell me what it's like for them? Um, Kidney end-stage kidney failure is a is a really horrible disease for which there is no uh, no medical cure. Dialysis is a uh, a miraculous procedure that keeps people alive when they have kidney failure, but it doesn't cure them. And they have to the only cure uh, for people with kidney failure is a transplant. Um, and to be on dialysis is an incredibly difficult painful, exhausting uh, experience for men, women, and children. Um, people generally can't work uh, when they're on dialysis. You have to go to dialysis for about four hours, three times a week. Wow. And it's, it, when you're finished, all you can do is go home and go to sleep. It's draining, I'm sure. It's incredibly draining. People's blood pressure plummets. Mm -hmm. There are people sometimes faint during dialysis. One of the hardest things is uh, incredible restrictions on food and drink. They can't eat most fruits and vegetables. And the, the absolute hardest thing is that they cannot drink water, more than two small cups a day. Um, dialysis patients can't, when you have kidney failure, you can't urinate. The only way you can get rid of fluids in from your body is by dialysis. So you uh -huh. are not allowed to drink between treatments, except for two little cups a day. and. You know, we've got, we've had horrible stories of, of six-year-old kids drinking from the family aquarium because they're so thirsty, they're so thirsty and, and their parents have put locks on all the faucets and oh my God. really horrible stories. So being able to liberate someone from the need for dialysis is absolutely life-saving. And, and also 15% of all dialysis patients die every year. So oh my it's literally saving a life. So right now, people that are listening... Um, to this interview, I'm sure they're feeling 
I don't, I'm not gonna say how they're feeling, but I'm, I know how I'm feeling, and it feels very, uh, it's very emotional, and uh, I'm sure they, you know, if someone right now has a light bulb going off in their head saying, I live in Israel, I could uh, potentially be, I'm a healthy person, I could potentially be a kidney donor, um, first of all, I want to ask you how they can get in, in touch with um, Repaper's incredible organization of Matnat Chayim. Jews from overseas can come and donate in Israel if they're interested. Oh, that could also... Um, if anyone is interested in getting in touch with Matnat Chaim, uh, if they live in Israel, you can call 02-5000-755 during regular office hours. Okay. Um, if I'll, you, I'll link the um, Facebook page yeah, and Facebook website. Facebook website. On the post, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, just, you can just Google Matnat Chaim in Hebrew or in English and get to uh, our website. Uh, we're also eager for financial donations to help support our activities which not only kidney donations save lives but also financial donations because it's a volunteer-based organization it's completely volunteer organization uh, no one pays any money to uh, receive a kidney there's no sign-up fee there's no fees of any kind and we don't accept donations from people who are waiting for kidneys um, it's all very transparent and above board and um, it's a, that's important to, yeah it's an incredible I mean, I, I've worked now for the organization for the past a uh, little bit more than four years, and it's, it's unbelievable privilege to be able to, you know, wake up in the morning and this is like what I do. No, but it's amazing that after donating kidney to now have the opportunity, the ability to see all the new stories coming in and yeah, and just it must be it's one thing after another. It's uh, it's really it's like my I feel like it's a calling, like it it really yeah. gets to you and that's incredible. We have met, we have. Hundreds of kidney donors who are dying to volunteer for the organization. Right now, we're building up the the volunteer Base. parts of the organization yeah. um, because people. Once you get, once you start with it, you just don't want to stop. Yeah, it's uh, in, it just draws you in the whole kidney donation thing. The funniest thing is also just one. There's so many stories because okay. now I'm like married to him. I hear all these stories now. I love it. But Yehuda is like my, you know. <laughs> It's funny how Yehuda and Batal are like, they're like brothers, but now Yehuda took me on as a sister, so I get WhatsApp messages from him all the time. When we were, when I was dating Batal, he sent me a message to turn on the news quickly, quickly, so that he saw, because Rav Haber was on the news uh, being interviewed, and he wanted to make sure that I was, you know, just as much involved as, uh, like the nicest That's person. so cute. They are, they really are. I know, they really, I love they're it. lovely people. Um, anyway, so again, so people are going, people could, from America, from here, they could, they could donate money, they could donate their kidneys, yes. um, be in touch with Manal Chayim, support them, support the amazing work that they're doing. Um, Judy, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Well, thank you for having me. It's a, ple a pleasure. Thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Judy Singer, again, of Matnat Chayim, for more information on uh, this wonderful story. In general, you could always find it at tovanisrael.com, tovanisrael on Facebook, tovanisrael on Instagram. Uh, she has spoken about it before. I'm sure she will continue to speak about it. It's such a wonderful organization, uh, and we thank Judy Singer again for her time. tovanisrael.com, like I said, tovanisrael on Facebook, tovanisrael on Instagram. You'll want to follow her throughout this month. It's always an exciting month in Israel, and she will bring it all to you about uh, you know everything going on in the land of Israel over this Pesach season. More coming up, plenty of Jewish music, plenty of Pesach music. The segment that has no name with Miriam Alawalik will likely not take place this week, unfortunately, but hopefully we'll get one in before Pesach. But for now, again, more music right here on Bite Size at the Nachum Segal Network. <laughs> Thank you.
היינו, היינו, לפרו במצרים, במצרים. עבדים היינו, הטרטה בנכורים, בנכורים. עבדים היינו, הטרטה בנכורים, בנכורים. שפתים דיינו, די דיינו, די דיינו, די דיינו, 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 די דיינו, די דיינו, די דיינו, דיינו, דיינו. והיא שעמדה, והיא שעמדה, לאבותינו ולנו. והיא שעמדה, והיא שעמדה, לאבותינו ולנו. שלא אחד בלבד, עמד עלינו לכלותינו. שלא אחד בלבד, עמד עלינו לכלותינו. אלא שבכל דור ודור, עומדים עלינו לכלותינו. אלא שבכל דור ודור, עומדים עלינו לכלותינו. שכל יום כמו מרוץ פה. גם, גם אם אתה קצת מתוסכל, ונראה לך שזהו המזל, תח בשם ותאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך בדספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו, לכל הכבה זה טוב, רק תאמין בו. דספסיטו, קח את החיים שלך בדספסיטו, כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו. כל הכבה זה טוב, אתה 
sun goes down, our families gather around. That's how Passover is. Oh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah
Hashem by Zusha and Pumpadisa featuring Matt Dub. That's how we wrap up here on Bite Size. And I'm starting to think that that's a song we might wrap up with, right? We start things off with Mahapecha Shel Simcha. Try to lighten the mood a bit, right? Time to party, time to dance. And we should end things off with Baruch Hashem, right? Thank the good Lord. Thank God. You know, it's one of my favorite songs these days. So I'm thinking about it, though, now that we got acapella season coming up with the Omer and then eventually with the three weeks. Um, soft, a soft, op- uh, soft opening, I guess, of the of the closing of the show, uh, with 
Baruch Hashem. I just want to remind everyone again, the um, the Fun in Jerusalem Pesach Guide is out, funinjerusalem.com slash Pesach. Spoke about it sort of uh, at the uh, bottom of hour number one at about 9.30. Spoke about it. But again, funinjerusalem.com slash Pesach. If you're heading to Israel, if a friend is heading to Israel, go ahead, tell him or her, tell the family about it. If they don't know about it, it is a wonderful resource for everyone to find out so many, so many of the cool things going on, wine festivals, places to eat that are kosher the Pesach, um, laser tag, and all these wonderful different things for families, for couples, for single people, whatever it is, funinjerusalem.com slash Pesach. Check it out. And that will wrap things up here on this episode of Bite Size. I am not totally sure if we all have a new, new Bite Size next week. It has a lot to do with, you know, I am flying out. Um, it just has a lot to do with what's going on here at the network if I'm uh, too busy to make something, uh, you know, to pull it together or not. I'm going to try to make something happen because we all like our Pesach music, especially just a few days before Pesach next week. So uh, we'll see what we can do. But the Wednesday Live Lunch with Avrami is, uh, will take place this week. I assume will take place next week. I don't know. I probably will let us know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, make sure to stick here with the Nachum Siegel Network for the Wednesday Live Lunch. And I'll, I'll excuse me, if I have wonderful programming coming up today and throughout the week here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you all for tuning in for the last two hours here with me. My name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a good day and remind you that the bite size is always, always, always the right size. <laughs>